All right, finally, double-digit weather again, and uh, we get some sun here in Canada, or at least in Ontario. Uh, we're going to be going over a couple of different things heading into the weekend. Uh, Olympic decision-making and a deadline has been set. Uh, the MVP and the true meaning behind it, and the best possible outcome for two teams after this year's trade deadline. All that more coming up 67 episodes in from the Second Thoughts Hockey Podcast. Let's go. Welcome on a Friday, April the 23rd, uh, the Second Thoughts Hockey Podcast, your host Kyle Gamart. If it sounds a little different, I'm trying out a new microphone. Um, I hadn't been able to try this one out because I've been doing most of the podcasts over at my work, which there are, you know, multi-million dollar studios over there. I don't know if they're multi-million dollar, but they're they're high enough end studios to have uh, radio shows each and every day. But bought this when I was on the road a little bit while back because I do voicing for uh, for commercials as well. And we, I brought this home and two days later, my dog, one of my dogs ate through one of the cords. So I haven't been able to really hook it up, but that is until now. Thankfully, I found another one. I had a couple of these just laying around, so I was able to hook it up. So we're going to test it, see how it sounds. Let me know what you think. Do you like the uh, previous episodes that I do from work? Probably because they're, again, very high-end studios. They're soundproof. There's probably no echo. There's probably a little bit of echo in here. But uh, but nevertheless, uh, make sure you follow along with everything I have happening online on Instagram and Twitter at ST Hockey Podcast, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify if you want to follow along with the latest episodes as well. Another article coming out for the hockey writers involving the Vancouver Canucks and that their playoff race or their playoff hopes aren't necessarily dead just yet. And later on tonight, going to be joining Mike Stubbs, voice of the London Knights on Friday nights just after 7 o'clock. Going to mention that segment a little bit later on today as well. Uh, Like I said, some Olympic decision-making that needs to happen. The MVP race and how it should be determined and how I got inspired by the NBA. Uh, The best possible scenario for the Detroit Red Wings and Washington Capitals and the Toronto Maple Leafs are kind of like playing the lottery in terms of their goaltending heading into the postseason. So we got all that coming up. So let's start with this. There's a report out there that the NHL, the NHLPA, give the IOC... A late May deadline for their Olympic participation for the Olympics coming up in 2022. This came from TSN's Frank Saravalli. He said it on Insider Training. So he said, quote, the NHL, the NHLPA, and the IIHF are putting a little bit of heat on the IOC. They have set a late May deadline to get an answer from the IOC on things like financial commitment for the 2022 Olympics because they need to start setting their schedule. So as you can remember, back in 2018, there were no NHL caliber players eligible to play in Pyeongchang in 2018. Uh, We saw... A bunch of, you know, we saw Germany, I believe, in the semifinals or quarterfinals. We just, a lot of the powerhouse teams didn't necessarily, they weren't there, right? All the NHL talent, all of the best talent in the world was not at the Olympics. And I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it, the fact that I didn't get a chance to see Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby and Nathan McKinnon and Mark Shifley and Bergeron and all those guys I didn't get to see any of them play, right? Canada was like an underdog story, which is never the case. Now I understand it made for a up-in-the-air open competition. 
there were really no favorites because we didn't know who. We thought teams like Sweden still had their Swedish Elite League players and Russia still had some capable players over in the KHL. But it wasn't the same. You didn't see Alex Ovechkin. You didn't see Evgeny Malkin. And a lot of players voiced their concerns last, uh, you know, last Olympic um, about not having an opportunity to play for their country. Specifically, guys like Alex Ovechkin Nate and, uh, and Evgeny Malkin. Those guys are so strung on on representing their countries on the big on one of the biggest stages in the world, the Olympics, and that took a lot out of them. Um, and a lot of people were blaming Gary Bettman in the NHL last time. And basically, what it came down to was the IIHF or the IOC hadn't really given the NHL, the NHLPA, and the IIHF enough stability, enough capability and structure to allow players to go over there. We have seen before in the past of NHL players going over to play and guys like Steven Stamkos uh, suffering injuries. I believe John Tavares suffered an injury while playing in uh, international play as well. And, you know, there are concerns that, you know, injuries in, you know, double IHF you know, World Hockey Championships or the Olympics or anything like that, when injuries happen, they tend to, you know, take away from, you know, the teams, right? The teams don't have any insurance from when one of their top players gets hurt. You know, if if the Edmonton Oilers, you know, returned to play after the Olympics and found out that Connor McDavid was going to be out, you know, four to six weeks with a broken leg, you know, that there's no insurance policy when you take out the best player on the planet. And we'll get to him a little bit later on in the podcast. But basically, this is just putting a deadline on this decision because everybody needs to prepare for this especially now when we have had a covid pandemic for the last year and a half scheduling has already shifted around enough in the national hockey league for this season next season is basically going to be like a russian version i think they're going to get a lot less time off than they normally would at least a month and they're trying to they're trying to get things back up to speed from where everything was before the pandemic hit. The only right decision here is for them to come to an agreement to allow the NHL players to go to the Olympics. That's the only right decision. Every player wants to go play for their for their country. Fans around the world want to see the best of the very best. If you want to expand the game of hockey, if you want to expand it into, you know, into bigger markets in in China and, I don't know, France and Switzerland and Italy and, and you name it. I know there's Swiss leagues out there and Swedish leagues and Russian, you know, all that stuff. But if you want to expand, the NFL is worldwide, right, people? The NFL is worldwide. The NBA is worldwide. If you've watched The Last Dance, Michael Jordan, when they did exhibition games, you know, over in, in, in China and whatnot, and even when the NBA, you know, these past couple seasons, you know, did, did exhibitions over there, they expanded to the game. People are wearing LeBron James jerseys. They are wearing Kevin Durant jerseys. They know who these guys are. Some people, I can assume, because the game is not nearly as big over there, it's not even as big in the States as it is in Canada, don't know who Austin Matthews is. They don't know who Connor McDavid is. They might, might know who Sidney Crosby is. They might, though they, they have a pretty good shot at knowing who Wayne Gretzky is. But there's still an if factor. People know who LeBron James is. People know who Tom Brady is. People know who Kevin Durant is, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, 
all these guys from the NFL and the NBA, right? They're known worldwide because those sports are worldwide. And the Olympics is something that the NHL has over a league like the NFL. The NFL, there is no football, you know, at the Olympics for the Summer Olympics, mainly because the majority of it is all American. But the fact of the matter is, right, the NBA is in the Olympics. The NHL is also in the Olympics. It is as great of an opportunity. It was big when Vancouver hosted the Olympics back in 2010, right? It was. It's very rare when a team wins on their own home soil. Salt Lake City in the United States, right? That was also big for both teams, United States making the finals. But Pyeongchang was the perfect opportunity to allow the best of the very best NHL players to go overseas and play in a market where the NHL is not nearly as talked about as it is here in North America and expand the game. Now is your next opportunity. 2022, literally next year is your next opportunity. The only right decision here would be if the NHL players get to go. That's, I mean, that's my take. We'll see what happens. There's no specific date right now, but they've set a quote-unquote late May deadline to get an answer from the IOC on things like financial commitments for 2022, insurance policies, and scheduling because there's probably going to be a three-week break for players to get ready for the Olympics. So I hope they get to go. Uh, The last Olympics, like I mentioned, I didn't watch it. Uh, It was just not the same, right? You don't get to watch. Even when there's the unpredictability of not knowing who's going to win it, right? There's It's always fun when you get to see the best players in the final stage, right? Because it builds up, the, builds up the, uh, the tension, builds up the anticipation. Like last year in the Super Bowl, I know the Super Bowl wasn't really that much fun to watch, but the two-week buildup was Brady Mahomes, Brady Mahomes. Even the NFC Championship, right, was Rodgers Brady. Right, there was a week of buildup. It was Tampa Green Bay, Rodgers Brady. They played earlier that season. Brady got the best of them. Can Rodgers get him back on home field? Right, there's that that talk. You're gonna go in with USA versus Canada. And then who you're gonna mention? Sam Gagne leads the charge. And no, no disrespect to Sam Gagne, though I even think he was playing in the NHL. But a lot of guys. You didn't know a lot of guys. So Canada became an under uh, an underdog story. So I hope they get to go back there. It's good for the league. It's good for the Olympics. It's good. It's good for the fans. It's good for everybody. Let's be real here. Um. So I mentioned this. I want to move on here. I mentioned this uh, a few weeks ago, both on Friday nights with Mike Stubbs, and as I mentioned earlier on in the podcast, I'll be joining uh, that program later on on 980 CFPL News just after seven o'clock tonight. But he said, "What's the one trade that you really liked coming out of it?" And I said that I really liked the deal between the Detroit Red Wings and the Washington Capitals, right? It was the deal that involved Anthony Mantha going to Washington exchange for Jacob Brana first and and I think another pick. And normally in trades, there are winners and there are losers. This was the one trade where both teams not only came out as winners, but undeniable winners. Not just the teams for getting what they needed and setting themselves up for the near future and for the distant future, but the players in general as well. Yes, Washington gave up a lot. They gave up a under-25 top six forward who scored 25 goals in his prime, along with a first-round pick and other picks. But Washington wants to get bigger. 
They wanted to get a more a more balanced lineup and a guy who was locked and loaded. Because Jacob Vrana wasn't guaranteed in the top six, especially in Washington. Sometimes he played on the third line. There were times he played on the fourth line. He bounced around a little bit. Right? Anthony Mantha going to Washington basically set in stone that he is going to be somewhere on your first line, but probably on your second line. Because you've got the Ovechkin and and Wilson with Kuznetsov, and now you've got Oshie, Backstrom, and of course, Anthony Mantha. Detroit, right, they just signed Anthony Mantha to a, to a four-year extension. It was like five-point-something million dollars, and then they get rid of him, and a lot of people were up in arms. So far, since the deal, Jacob Vrana, I believe, has five, if not six goals, and he's just coming off a four-goal game. He also scored in his debut for the team. Anthony Mantha scored in his first four games for the Washington Capitals, who, by the way, look great going into the postseason. Oh, and also for Detroit, they've got that first-round pick to set them up for the future. Look around the league at all the other deals. Buffalo got fleeced in the Taylor Hall trade. David Savard got a first-round pick. Nick Foligno got a first-round pick. Buffalo got a second. And Anders Bjork, who, no offense to the player, but when David Savard gets a first, and a, I believe first, and, and I think something else, too. Foligno got a first and a fourth. You got a second and a prospect who's probably not going to be as good as Taylor Hall. This is a trade for Detroit and for Washington. Both teams are thriving since this deal. But more specifically, the players are thriving. I felt bad for uh, for Jacob Vron at first. But you've got to think about it from this aspect. He's already won a Stanley Cup. He's been a part of a winning organization. He's played with some of the best players to ever play with Alex Ovechkin and Nicholas Backstrom and Kuznetsov. And, right, they went on that deep run. He scored some big goals. But now he gets to be part of a rebuild with a, you know, an organization that has a history of being very successful for long periods of time. And they're in the hands of one of the smartest general managers in the game and Steve Eiserman. Look what he did in Tampa. That team last year that won it, that's not the old, that's not the new GM's job. Vasilevsky, Hedman, right, getting Stamkos points. All those guys were Iserman. Iserman, John Cooper, right? Iserman was a part of that for the first three, four, three, I think two or three years, something like that. Stevie Iserman's going to do a real good job over there. But Verona's contract's also ending, so he's going to get paid soon. But Detroit can afford that. Washington now doesn't have to worry about paying Verona. You get your top six solidified with Mantha. And by the way, Mantha's locked up for the next three, four years at a reasonable contract for a guy who can score 20, 25, even 30 goals if he has a good season, a full season with Washington. Both these teams not only won, but are undeniably better set up for the futures, both in the postseason for Washington and the distant future with the Detroit Red Wings. Bravo to both teams on that one. Very few teams come out of trades, both of them looking like winners. This one did. Uh, As the season is coming to an end here, people are going to start talking about the MVP race. A lot of names get thrown out there. 
right? Nathan McKinnon and what he does for the Colorado Avalanche. Austin Matthews leading the league in goals, right? You can never forget about guys like Sidney Crosby, who, you know, Evgeny Malkin's been hurt and Pittsburgh's won six of their last eight games. But I want to thank the NBA for this idea. And I've had this one for, for a while, but it really clicked into me last night. So last night I was watching the Los Angeles Lakers play. All right, they're taking on the uh, the Dallas, uh, the Mavericks, right? And the Lakers just got back one of their best players, Anthony Davis. He's one of the biggest big men in the entire game. Big men meaning like a power forward or even he's played center at times. They just acquired a player by the name of Andre Drummond, who is a star in the making. Both those guys were playing on the LA Lakers, favored to win the NBA championship when healthy. They played, you know, the Dallas Mavericks, who outside of Luka Doncic, you know, they, they've been okay this year. They're just over a 500 team. They're barely in a playoff spot right now. And the Lakers lost that game. Anthony Davis came back. He was limited, but he came back. Still had Andre Drummond. And why? Because they didn't have LeBron James. Not having LeBron James this season, during this stretch where he's been injured for the last month and a bit, the Lakers are 7-11 and over their last 18 games without LeBron. That's a non-playoff team. When he's been in the lineup this year, they're 28-13. and That's an MVP. We've seen McKinnon get hurt, go on COVID protocol. Austin Matthews has been hurt. Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin have been out of lineups. Steven Stamkos right now is not playing and, and Tampa's still winning games. Take Carr McDavid out of the Oilers lineup. They're a shell of who they are if he's not there. There was a stat going into Wednesday's game about the Oilers before their game. I think they lost to Montreal. But that stat was, and it's probably even more improved now, but of all of the goals this year that Edmonton has scored, Connor McDavid has been in on 51% of them. I'm going to let that sink in for a second. Of all the goals from the 20 guys, 18, 20 guys, probably even more, in every game that the Edmonton Oilers have played this season, Connor McDavid has either scored or assisted on 51% of the entire team's goals this year. Let me put that in perspective for you. Austin Matthews leads the league right now in goals with 34 and has 58 points. He's going to win the Rocket Richard this year. He's a top five player in the league. He accounts for 37% of the Leafs goals. 51%? 37. And 37%, by the way, is a great number. It's a great number. You're in on over a third of your team's goals. You're a significant contributor to your team. Matthews is a top five, maybe even top three player after this year. Honestly, he's been unbelievable. 51% literally meaning if you take Connor McDavid out of the lineup, 
that's almost 50% of your goals that either he scored or assisted on gone. And we know McDavid as a playmaker. A lot of those goals don't even happen if the dude's not there. Have your finalists, your candidates, make your make, make your arguments for fun when you're having a bevy with your buddies and whatnot about who should win MVP, who's the best player, all that fun stuff. Connor McDavid's your MVP. Most valuable player. Meaning if you take him out of the lineup, what does their team now look like? Toronto's won without Austin Matthews. Amazingly enough, a number one center because they're incredibly deep at forward. Colorado has survived without Nathan McKinnon. Tampa's rolling right... Tampa won a Stanley Cup last year without Steven Stamkos. There is a 0% chance Edmonton's in the postseason run if Connor McDavid's not there. 0%. It's not even debatable. We all know he's the most talented, he's the best player, but that's what an MVP is. Take that player away from that team, what do they look like? In the NFL, right, Aaron Rodgers was this past year's MVP in the NFL. The years that he's gotten hurt because he's broken his collarbone a couple times, he's injured his leg a couple times, when he's not there, the Green Bay Packers are abysmal without him abysmal Tampa Bay last year without Tom Brady their starting quarterback threw 30 interceptions and they were like seven and nine Tom Brady comes in they win a Super Bowl take the player out of the lineup what does the team look like for as great as I think Austin Matthews is and right now I still I'm I He's got to be the best, one of the best, if not the best goal scorer in the NHL right now. He's proving it. He's scoring every freaking game. But he accounts for 37% of Toronto's goals this year. Connor McDavid counts for 51%. That's an MVP. Uh, Last thing I want to get to here before we uh, head on out. You know, and actually, let's stick with the Toronto Maple Leafs here. Because they're a fun team to talk about. Now, they won yesterday, which is good. Jack Campbell started. He looked he looked pretty solid. He looked good enough to win the game for them. And I've always said this about Toronto. Toronto doesn't need elite goaltending. They just need... They need good enough goaltending. Right? Two, three goals against per game is fine. Toronto will win 65, 70% of those games. Because they'll score 3, 4, 5. They did it last night. They chased the former Vesna winner, Connor Hellebuck. Three goals in the first four shots. But at the deadline this year, Toronto went out and acquired goaltender Dave Redditch from the Calgary Flames in exchange for a third-round pick. Now, so far, he hasn't gotten off to the best start. I think he's 0-1-1. He's gotten pulled in one game. He had a rough one. But at least this gave them an NHL-caliber backup third-string goaltender in Dave Redditch. And this gave them stability due to injuries this year they've already experienced from starting goaltender Frederick Anderson and Jack Campbell at times this year. Now you got to remember, you say Kyle, but what about Michael Hutchinson? He's actually been very good for Toronto in certain games. But Toronto knows what life is like to be stuck with him for multiple games at a time in crunch time. 
Nothing against him, but last year, Colorado had to go to him. They lost to the Dallas Stars in overtime with a chance to go to the Western Conference Finals. If you have Philip Grubauer in that game, Colorado wins. Now, when healthy, Frederick Anderson's the guy. I've never not said that. I think Frederick Anderson is the guy. Jack Campbell has always proven to be able to handle a larger load if anything were to happen. We saw that, 11 straight victories. He's like 13-2-1 this year, right? A great story. A couple games, he kind of lapsed a little bit, but he's never really had this much leeway before, and he's starting to learn the ups and downs of playing on a regular basis. But Toronto's at a point where if one of Anderson or Campbell struggles in the first round, And you remember, Toronto's not looking to have another first-round exit this year. The Leafs might be feeling the heat about which goaltender to choose and which one to put their faith in. Sometimes having options isn't a great thing. It's like when you are playing a... It's like when you're playing a lottery game or you're playing a game in which, you know, like the price is right or whatever it is where you've got to pick between doors one, two, and three. Between one, between one or behind one of those doors, sorry, is a brand new car. I'm going to take this from the movie 21. And behind two of them are sheep, right? If you had just two doors, the decision's much easier, right? You got a 50-50 shot at picking the right door. But if Toronto only had Anderson and Campbell, right? Anderson struggled a little bit and they're trying to depend on whether they stick with Anderson or they go to Jack Campbell, right? It's an easier decision. You got a 50-50 shot at making the right call. But now you have Dave Riddich there. That's another door you got to pick. Now, and and I'm going to make this very clear. I might be blowing this out of proportion because Toronto just won. They've got three guys Frederick Anderson might come back, might look healthy, and might steal that job right back, and we're not even talking about this. And when Freddie's healthy, he's the guy. And I've advocated for Jack Campbell all year long. Give him a chance. He's proven that he can be a starting goaltender. I didn't say he was elite. I said he can be a starting goaltender. But if it comes to it, and Toronto's down like 3-1 or 2-1 in a series, and they're like, man, and the goaltending's not up to par... Toronto might just have to pick a lottery ticket, pick one of the goalies, ride them out. And if one of them gets hurt again, right, then you're kind of tossing it up between Campbell and Riddick, and you're probably going Campbell, but no one's really proven it before, and Dave Riddick has playoff experience. You know, Jack Campbell, I think his only playoff experience has come in games of relief with the LA Kings. The way I think it's going to go is Frederick Anderson comes back, he's healthy, Toronto will have about five, six games remaining, he'll play in three, four of them, he'll tune them up, he'll be ready to go come postseason, and he'll be the guy regardless. But if they drop 2-0, 3-1 in a series, and you've got to pick a guy to keep your season alive, and Anderson hasn't done it, is it going to seem like a little bit of a roulette? Is it going to seem like a little bit of a lottery pick where you're just praying and hoping you pick the right guy? I hope it doesn't come to that for their sake, but it might. Uh, a couple things I want to get to before we head on out of here. Uh, the Florida Plant, the, the Florida Panthers, sorry, their blue chip prospect goaltender Spencer Knight. 
He made his first NHL start Tuesday versus the Columbus Blue Jackets. He made 33 stops in a 5-1 victory. If you remember 2019, Spencer Knight was drafted 13th overall. Uh, he's played two seasons at Boston College. He has been dynamite. 16-4-1, 9-32 save percentage this year. Uh, congratulations to him on his first career NHL. Looked great, by the way, too. Looked very good um, for the Florida Panthers. So good on him. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights became the first team to clinch a playoff berth a couple of nights ago. Colorado Avalanche became the second with their 4-2 victory last night at the hands of the uh, St. Louis Blues. And uh, going to look, uh, you know, we're going to start seeing that more and more as the year starts to die down. More teams going to start clinching very shortly. Uh, teams getting to that like 62, 63 point range are going to be within striking distance. So expect a couple more teams to clinch after this weekend and then come Tuesday's episode. We might see anywhere from four, five to seven, eight teams clinching, depending on how the uh, the games go and whatnot. But uh, I mentioned this in the last episode of the podcast. A lot of teams were already making their uh, marks, and it was pretty obvious the way that it was going to set up in terms of the playoff teams. Uh, those are just now becoming, those are just getting solidified at this point. Uh Goaltender uh, Carter Hart of the Philadelphia Flyers is, is expected to miss two more games with a mild knee sprain he suffered a, a while back. Um, you know, it's been a rough year for Carter Hart. He's been benched earlier this season. He's been scratched a little bit. He's dealt with injuries. This is the definition of a sophomore slump. And this is also the definition and what happens when you are a goaltender in the National Hockey League. You have an unbelievable rookie year. You know, a lot of guys, you know, don't know how to score on you. They don't have tape on you. Then they get some tape and all of a sudden, all right, they know how to start scoring on you. They know how to score beating, they know how to start beating you. And uh just been a tougher year, but guys can find a way to adjust and you know try to try adapt their game a little bit. And I think Carter Hart's gonna be fine. I think he's an incredibly skilled goaltender. Uh, he'll be good, but he's just been he's been dealing with a little bit of everything right now. And Philadelphia is desperately trying to get into that playoff spot. Uh, they are chasing a lot of teams right now. I don't think they're gonna get in with Boston, Washington, the Islanders, and the Pittsburgh Penguins. They just all of them are just winning games. So even the Rangers are falling out of it, who I mentioned last uh, episode. And the Flyers are just going to be another team, unfortunately. Uh, Elvis Merzlikens on the Blue Jackets' eight-game losing streak saying it's getting embarrassing. Last year, this was a team that beat out the Toronto Maple Leafs that, you know, a couple years ago swept Tampa Bay in the first round, had playoff success for a couple years, and now you can't get Patrick Laine to score. Your captain's gone. You're scratching Max Domi. Um, John Tortorella, uh, I don't know if he's going to be there next year, if I'm going to be honest with you. I think he is, uh, it's one of those things. John Tortorella is a coach that can only last about three to four years per market before his voice just gets a little tiring and they just kind of kick him out. They're like, all right, you're, you're done. We need a new voice. We need someone to nurture our guys, not scream and belittle them. So unfortunately, uh, eight game losing streak right now for the Columbus Blue Jackets. It's not getting any better. Uh, and then some unfortunate news with the 2021 Women's World Hockey Championships. It has been canceled after Nova Scotia's provincial government determined the tournament could not proceed as scheduled due to the COVID-19 safety concerns. Uh, the tournament was set to take place May 6th to 16th in Halifax and uh, Truro. But the IIHF and Hockey Canada said in a joint statement that they are aiming to stage the event in the summer of 2021. And then finally, this was just a, um, a breaking news story. I, uh, this is per the score. 
The Calgary Flames practice uh, unfortunately canceled this morning after a player tested positive for COVID-19. It was an unnamed player who tested positive and is now in isolation and all other players and staff on the team have tested negative. So that is a good sign in terms of if games are going to be postponed. Uh, I, I don't think that's the case. Uh, it looks like every other player has tested negative for it. And, you know, the league will still go through its safety precautions. But I believe as of right now, the practice has just been uh, canceled. Uh, I doubt there's going to be any games. But, you know, we'll see if there are precautions that need to be taken in place. Uh, they will be getting them with the Calgary Flames and the National Hockey League. And uh, that about does it. A little bit of a shorter episode today, but, you know, I covered a few different topics I really wanted to get to today, and I'm sure Tuesday we're going to have a, a hell of a lot more. But until then, enjoy the weekend. If you are in anywhere in Ontario, anywhere in Canada, uh, stay safe. Enjoy the nice weather. 15, 16 degrees outside today. Similarly, basically for the next week or so. Uh, make sure you tune in to the Second Thoughts Hockey Podcast on um, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, Instagram, and Twitter at ST Hockey Podcast. And Later on tonight, I'll be joining Mike Stubbs, voice of the London Knights, on his program Friday nights on 980 CFPL News. Until then, enjoy the weekend, stay safe. That's a wrap.